What is up, everybody, and welcome into ADZ Sports Dallas Primetime. Tonight, we will go behind enemy lines to figure out who are the Chicago Bears. Because honestly, at this point, I don't know. And to do so, because the Cowboys will play the Chicago Bears on Sunday, week eight. Uh, to do so, joining us in the show is none other than founder of Sports Zone Chicago, Sean Sierra, who, by the way, also is in the Hall of Fame of the Mid-States uh, League 2013 <laughs> class. He led the Italy League in rushing yards in 1994. And in his semi-pro <laughs> career, he's been a two-time MVP. Uh, so, Sean, I was saving that for until we went live. Welcome <laughs> into the show. Thank you for joining us, man. Hey, thank you, Mauricio. You know what? You didn't have to say the year. <laughs> it makes it seem awful. <laughs> yeah, just, that was a long time ago, my man. That was, hell, that was last century. <laughs> that was last century, man. So it a uh, long time, but I appreciate it, man. Thank you very much. Thank That's you. awesome. That's awesome, though. Uh, I, I, I was surprised finding out that, you know, you played in Italy and all of that. I once read this book. I don't know if you've read it. Uh, playing for pizza from by John Grisham who that 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 book is about a a player that played in the Italy league and that that was a fun read so that was that that was an exciting thing to find out so what's really funny 12 degrees of separation so um yeah I did read the book playing for pizza one of the guys that they taught one of the contributors um his I actually coached football with his brother he's from downstate Illinois and his brother had moved up here to coach and uh when I told him that I had, uh, and I played in Italy, he said, my brother played Italy as well. They wrote, they did a book. Uh, they, they took some of his stories and everything. And I was like, get the hell out of here. That was so crazy. Just small, small world. But yeah, I did read that. That was a good book. Yeah, that's fun. That's fun, man. Hey, welcome everyone in the chat. Do me a favor and hit the like button. Remember that every like puts this show in front of more and more Cowboys fans. Toxic Tom is already saying, Sean, let Mo know that the Yankees got swept because I'm a Yankees fan. You know, Sean, we were talking about this earlier. I'm from Mexico, so naturally, I root for the Cowboys. I root for the Yankees. That's that's the way to go here. So how? So you're behind enemy lines. You're in Texas, and you're rooting for the Yankees and not the Astros. Yeah, exactly. Uh -huh. Okay. Exactly. See, see, I didn't. I was rooting for the Yankees too. Sorry, Mo. Uh, you know, I mean, uh, who to toxic Tony? Sorry, Tony. I, I was rooting for the uh, for the Yankees. Like, you know what? Pardon me, but man, I I just I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna forgive. I can't forgive Houston for for 2017. You know what? They the, the, here's the thing. They didn't even need to cheat. That's yep. the whole thing. They didn't need to cheat. They are that good. <laughs> they are that good. Toxic Tom. Sorry, not Tony. Toxic Tom. Toxic Tom. Sorry. Yeah, there you go. There you go. <laughs> Shout out to the people in the chat, both on Facebook, but both on YouTube. Thank you for joining the show tonight. Make sure that you share it as well. Remember that primetime is brought to you by our friends over at Freeman Mazda. We will talk more about them on the right of the week in a few moments here on the show. But before we do any of that, Sean, let me tell you something. I, I love betting NFL games. Uh, for whatever reason, I was super busy on Monday. I didn't get to actually make a bet but here are the three bets that i was considering making i was considering taking the patriots minus eight i was considering betting the game under and the chicago bears team total under 15 and a half but then the bears <laughs> blew up uh, i i am so fortunate to be, to have been super busy last night because i didn't get to make that bet what happened with the chicago bears 
Was that a one-game thing? Let me know from your perspective as someone who has followed the Chicago Bears, of course, all season. Uh, what happened on Monday night? Uh, what happened is they took the reins off of Justin Fields. They let him play. So if you notice what they did, what, what they weren't doing in the first six games of the season was they weren't allowed, they weren't doing rollouts, bootlegs, waggles, things of that nature, getting them out of the out on the edge and threatening threatening the edge. Okay, putting the, the cutting the field in half, putting the you know, flat defenders in, in compromising position. They weren't doing that. For whatever reason, I have no idea. Um la- last night they did. All right. You saw tons, tons of play action. You saw you saw tons of quarterback runs. They had quarterback counters. They had quarterback sweeps. Quarterback leads. Um, it, it, the running game was, was was and Justin Fields a big part of it. But the running game was on point yesterday. And luckily, our, or not luckily, but our offensive line is really good. So there, with, with the running game, we had 240 uh, plus yards on the ground yesterday, which is insane in the NFL. And you know that opened up the play action pass, and he was able he was able to sit back there a little bit and 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 pick some people apart because. The play action was working. You're sucking up the linebackers. You had to keep a guy in there to spy for uh, spy Justin Fields if he, in, in case he was going to run. So what they did was they just finally took the reins off him. Nothing more, nothing less. This kid, when he first got here, I said this guy's going to be it. And there's been a lot of conversation here in Chicago about he's a bust. He's missing receivers. He's he's doing this. He's doing that. And I try to tell people, I'm like, listen, it's a new, it's his third offense in three years. His fourth play caller in th- in in three years. Okay. It makes a huge difference, especially those who don't understand uh, understand football. They don't understand how difficult it is learning a new system. But the quarterback's not the only one that has to learn a new system. Everybody has to learn a new system. The wide receivers, the offensive line, the running backs and pass pro. There's a whole uh, tight ends as well. So it, it takes time. And it, it just people weren't happy with Justin Fields. And I kept I try to keep telling people, hey, this guy is it. Give it time. Give it time, give it time. And yesterday was a small sample of how good the, the Bears can be. They're not they're nowhere near where they're gonna be yet, but they're on their way. Yeah, and you know, when watching the game last night, uh, I think that pretty much everyone who watched it couldn't help but think about that version of Justin Fields when he was in Ohio State, right? Because of the design runs, because of the rollouts and all of that. You got him on the move, and that particularly is somewhat of a concern to me as a Cowboy follower because, you know, the Cowboys' defense is great against the pass, is great uh, when it comes to getting after the quarterback, but it struggles a little bit versus the run, and particularly it can struggle against mobile quarterbacks. We saw that in week eight, in week uh, six versus the – week five, excuse me, versus the Philadelphia Eagles when Jalen Hurts was playing there. That was week six, excuse me, on Sunday Night Football – uh, that is a concern to me because it does become a matter of will the Chicago Bears be able to keep doing this at a high level with that offensive line? And more than anything, will they be able to force Micah Parsons to make decisions? Because that's what the Eagles did on that Sunday night matchup. They said, you know what? We're not even going to block Micah Parsons at all. We're going to... Uh, run this RPO stuff, this play actions thing, zone reads and all of that. And we're going to put Michael Parsons in a bind, playing and play out. That's what the Eagles were doing. Do you think that the Chicago Bears, with the way that they're kind of adjusting their offense midseason, will they be able to do that on Sunday, do you think? Oh, yeah, they're definitely going to do that. And it's funny you mentioned Jalen Hurts and the Eagles a couple of weeks ago. You know, um, if, you, if, 
if people recall him, and maybe your fans might not because they're and then again, you are in the NFC East. But uh, a year ago, remember, people wanted Jalen Hurts out. They thought they thought he was a bust. Yep. They thought they 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 wanted to draft a new quarterback. But you know what? Here's then all of a sudden he came in this year, and all of a sudden he's having a good year. Why? Because he's got he's got help. He's got help at the receiver position. A couple of weeks ago, uh, it was a prime. It was a game here in Chicago. They they was on television, and they talked about. They interviewed him, and uh, Fox interviewed him, and he's walking in. The first the first sentence out of his mouth was. This is the first time I've had the same play caller for two consecutive years since high school. Okay. That makes a difference. All right. That makes a huge difference. So Justin Fields is still going through his, his, his growing pains along with the offense. But let me tell you, if they, if what the bears are going to do, they're going to scout, they're going to see, Hey, Jalen hurts is similar to, to what we have in Justin Fields. How did, how was he able to, to uh, attack the Cowboys and be successful? They're going to see those things. And yeah, if, if I'm, if I was the bears, I'm definitely not blocking Micah Parsons. Say, hey, you got to make a decision, one or the other, okay? Because he's he's a great player, but he he's not that great where he can he can cover two people at the same time. So um, I, I hope they 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 follow that that model that the the Philadelphia Eagles did, and we'll see. One question, because I think that this is an this is an interesting point. I, I agree with everything that you just said about uh, Justin Fields about having help at the receiver position. There are some dudes in that offensive line. The center who was able to get back in the playing field uh, this time around on Monday night uh, played very well when when we uh, inserted back into the field. So I think that's an impressive unit as well. What was holding them back other than the play calling, if there is anything at all that you could point at? Because they were struggling, struggling over the last few weeks before that Monday night game. And it was impressive to me how much they were struggling. And... I want to know if that is just 100% play calling or is there some personal issues in there? What do you think is the weakness for the Chicago Bears offense beyond play calling? Well, how much time do we have, bro? Because we, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, let me tell you. So first of all, some of it was play calling. Uh, some of it was Justin Fields holding the ball too long. Uh, some of it was his receivers not being able to get open, which is one of the reasons um, that he was, that he was, he was holding the ball too long. Uh, other parts of it were the offensive line. Our offensive line is horrible in pass pro, unbelievable okay. in pass pro. They're just uh, just unbelievably bad in pass pro. Uh, you know, in in run blocking, they're second to none in the NFL in run blocking. Right. So there's the issue. So then you have a, a rookie left tackle, fifth rounder, and Braxton Jones, who um, came from Southern Utah. So Southern Utah, the the, the disparity and the difference between talent that you face in Southern Utah and the talent that you face here in the NFL is a huge, huge Grand Canyon-sized gap, okay? So the – excuse me. So the – he's getting used to that. He doesn't – he's not able to 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 anchor, all right? So when you hit him with a bull rush, he's having big-time issues. Uh, that That's frustrating. Our center, uh, Sam Mustafer, uh, has, has not lived up to anything. He's horrible, horrible. I mean, he just hasn't performed at a, at a high level at all. They had Lucas Patrick back last week, and then the second, second series – he gets hurt. His toe—I don't know—he might have turf toe or whatever. We didn't get the result, the uh, the uh, uh, announcement of what it was today. So, the the offensive line has been in flux. The offensive line has been has been fluid. They're moving back guys here and there. So they added uh, Michael Schofield as the left guard now. Uh, Sam Mustafer's back at center. So all these changes and all these changes are are not allowing the offensive line to gel because you're always putting a new guy in. 
you're always putting a new guy in at some particular point. And the offensive, for those of you who know football very well, the offensive line, those five guys got to be there, you know, the majority of the time. They have to, they're there, they have to work in unison. And when you keep getting a different guy in there, you're not going to be able to build that chemistry. You're not going to know what, what your, the guy next to you is doing. And that's part, that's part of the biggest issue with the Bears is when it comes to passing downs, uh, Justin doesn't have time. And when he does, he holds the ball too long. The receivers don't separate. So there's a lot of things going on with the Bears. And they did, they did a good job yesterday of mitigating a lot of those issues. And that, that really makes it even more interesting because I can assure you that Cowboys fans watching the show couldn't help but, you know, smile at that comment because uh, the Cowboys have thrived when it comes to the pass rush, right? They mm-hmm. are getting after quarterbacks. And specifically, I think what has made the Cowboys special is that they're not only doing it because of talent up front, they're doing, and they have a lot of talent. That uh, Of course, I don't mean to say that they don't. What I mean is Dan Quinn is a absolute mastermind finding ways to isolate his best players versus uh offensive guards you know finding those weak spots across the entire unit and really making the most out of it he's putting uh Leighton Van Der Esch, the linebacker he's mugging him up at the line of scrimmage forcing the offensive line to honor him and it's just uh a mastermind in just destroying pass protection schemes for opponents week in and week out and I think that's been very special that does make me question if the Chicago Bears are going to be more aggressive in early downs because I think uh, heading into week seven, the Bears were among the least aggressive teams when it came to first and second down, when it came to throwing the football. And I know they're a running team, but I do wonder if they want to get in, into as as least possible third and long situations in order to not face that pass rush. Do you think they would be willing to move away from that usual way of doing things in which they run on first down, they run on second down, or do you think they will stick to what they do? No, they're, they're going to, they're going to stick like, to, they're going to stick to what they do. All right. You, you, you dance with who brung you and, and they're yeah. not they're You know, you know, we're going to run the ball. All right. We didn't sign a fullback in, in Kari blasting game for no reason. Okay. The guy's in there. He's in there for a reason, and he's. They're going to run some power football. They're going to uh, try to run a ball down your throat, and and they're going to try and win by attrition. So uh, it's not going to be, you know, we're we're not going to change at this stage of the game because th- at this point, this is what has gotten us. This is what's kept us close in all of our games except one. This is what right. this is what has allowed us to win last, yesterday and and uh, an opening day and uh, one other time. So you, you're looking at a formula. Because the wide receivers are still improving. Darnell Mooney has some type of rapport with Justin Fields, but that's about it. All right, we just got Nikhil Harry back, uh, a former first-round pick for the Patriots. He had a catch yesterday, one catch for 14 yards. Uh, we, we have uh, uh, Equinemia St. Brown, who had one catch, Byron Pringle. So there's a lot of rec- new receivers, so there's a lot of moving parts, and, and, and Justin Fields doesn't have a lot of, of uh, continuity and chemistry with these guys, a connection. So – uh, Darnell Mooney is really his only one. We got Velis Jones, who's a we drafted in the third round, who's supposed to be a little speed burner, but he hasn't gotten on the field. He, he's not a very good route runner yet. So um, they're going to do what they they're going to do what they do well, and that's run the ball. So they, you may stack the box, and that's where, especially if we can attack you and exploit you and and, and have some success on the ground, that's going to open up a lot of stuff behind. It's going to open up the the passing game, the play action, and. One of the things I really like is the fact that they're 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 using Justin in the running game because now you have yeah. to bring a guy, you have to have a spy on Justin because if you don't, 
I mean, this guy is 6'3", 230, running a 4'4". So if you're not spying him, this guy can get up field in a heartbeat. That's the, that's the beauty of having a plus one quarterback, right? That can read and they can change the math up on you. So that's that's always beautiful to watch on the football field. I love that you mentioned Darnell Mooney. And I love that because I have him circled as one of the matchups to watch on this game because the Cowboys lost their starting slot cornerback for the year in Jordan Lewis. And if I'm not mistaken, Mooney is the guy that spends the most time in the slot for the Chicago Bears. So that could be a matchup that really makes things interesting on Sunday because the Cowboys will likely have a fifth round draft pick manning the slot on Sunday in their own bland. And Cowboys Nation loves Bland because he showed up in the preseason. He had a tremendous offseason as well. But I'm never, I'm never happy about having to play a fifth-round pick uh, in the middle of the season like that. In a, in, a, I'm just, hey, I need to see it first. I need to see it in the regular season is what I mean. So I'm not excited about that matchup at all. Darnell Mooney can be a game changer on Sunday. Yeah, well, they move Darnell Mooney around, so it's a good thing. They might move him in a slot. They might keep him on the outside, so they move him around a lot. The the issue is we don't have a a set slot receiver. Um, okay. They're trying to find other guys, guys who can, who can excel in that spot. They'll put EQ St. Brown in there. They'll put Byron Pringle in there. Uh, Nikhil Harry will most likely stay on the outside. He's 6'4", uh, big body uh, possession type receiver. Um, but they're going to put – and I want to put Valus Jones. They've put uh, rookie Treston Ebner in there. They're doing some rub routes. So what they're going to do is they're going to try and do um, – uh, try and pick people open. So they're going to have crossers, maybe the, the two slots – Two slot guys cross about three or four yards deep, and one of those guys hopefully gets picked, and whoever's open, Justin throws the ball to. And, the, and those two guys are going to be fat. Those are going to be your burners. You know, the Darnell Mooney's. It could be Darnell Mooney. It could be uh, Valus Jones. It could be Tristan Ebner. Those guys are home run hitters. All right, and if you if your back is turned and you're not ready, those dudes can take it a long way really, really fast. So uh, that's going to come off of play action. That's going to come off of of uh, um, you know, of, of in straight drop back. So there's a lot of things that we can do. And, and the biggest thing that, the, that I'm looking for is the confidence that they just gained by going out, being underdogs in New England against one of the best head coaches, if not the, the best head coach in the history of the NFL, guy who excels with defensive uh, schemes. And you, not only did you win, but you dominated. So the amount of the amount of, of confidence that this offense has right now is pretty high. One more question on the offense before we switch yeah. sides and, and look at the defense. What about uh, what what did the Bears like to do in the passing game? Because I, I know that they were doing these uh, bootleg play action concepts and all of that. But I was surprised at seeing that Justin Fields has a top five average depth of target number. For example, he likes to push the ball downfield. How would you describe the, the Bears passing game in that front? Because I think that we saw a little bit more rhythm. In the Monday night football game, we saw a lot more one-two reads, for example, and things like that. More, more, I don't know, it felt like quicker to me at times when they were not doing the play action stuff. I don't know if you would agree with me there, but uh, how do you how would you describe that a passing game for the Bears? Well, Justin likes to go deep. Justin has one of the best deep balls in the NFL. He he's very accurate with the deep ball. Uh, and, and the part of the issue is that when you're not if you don't run the ball very well. Okay, then there's really no the play action doesn't work. All right, there's no yeah. one's going for the fake. Uh, they've been running the ball much better. Uh, like I said they're top three, top four in the league in in, in rushing. So that with that now, Justin's gotten more confidence. Um, what what he's been doing recently, he's been going 
Uh, he's been actually hitting his checkdowns, his short ones. He'll, he'll he'll go through his progressions and he'll take the checkdown. He'll take the 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 outlet. He'll take the 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 guy in the flat as opposed to always trying to force it downfield. He used to, he tried he tried to force it a lot early on. He did it last year. He did it a little early uh, a little bit this year, at the beginning of the season. But now, obviously, the coaching has gotten to him. Said, hey, listen, take what they give you. If you get a guy in the flat for three yards, hey, let him run, get another two, four, five yards, and now you're looking at you know, second and five or four, as opposed to first and or second and 10 stay. They want to stay ahead of the sticks. They want to make sure that he, he gets uh, a rhythm and the more, the more passes he completes, especially short passes, all right, the more confidence he gets. So when he needs to sit back and, and let it rip, he'll be able to, he'll be able to do that because he'll have the confidence because of all the short passes he's connected with on uh, earlier and early in the game. I will tell you what, I, I will not be excited about this on Sunday. I hope that it doesn't show up on Sunday. But also deep down, I love that Justin Fields is getting is being unleashed by the Bears right now. I love watching that on Monday Night Football for sure. Now, the 33 points that the Bears were able to score on Monday Night Football were in huge part thanks to taking the football away four times on defense. So let's talk about that defense a little bit here. Uh a blitz, a, a team that does not blitz. They have the lowest blitz rate in the entire NFL. I think that that will not be a surprise to Cowboys Nation because they know Matt Everflus quite well. He was a linebackers coach here. Some people yep. wanted him to be a defensive coordinator before he moved on and all of that. Uh, but but they're about league average in pressure rate, so they can get to the quarterback without blitzing. They have a solid defense over there, and I know that you guys are excited about Brisker. Briskers has really been uh, a pleasant surprise. When I saw, see, I was I was upset with that pick because I wanted a, a, a wide receiver. I wanted a, a number one receiver for Justin Fields. All right, if they didn't take it with the first the first pick, because we had two second round picks, we didn't have a first. It took uh, Kyler Gordon with the first pick. I'm like, okay, so the second second round yeah. pick that we have, we we need to get a number one receiver. Well, they didn't get a number one receiver, and they took Brisker, and I was I was livid about it, livid, and. <laughs> You know, I'm like, you got to give Justin Fields credit. So then I started watching a lot more tape on Brisker, and I'm like, wow, this guy's kind of a throwback. This kind of like he could have played back in the 80s and 90s when you were allowed to hit people and hit people hard. Um, he likes he likes to separate receivers from the ball. Um, he's a playmaker. He's very aggressive. Um, he got his first pick, which was beautiful this past week. It was a one-handed job. He jumped up. He actually jumped past the ball and stuck his right hand up and, and corralled it and and. Uh, Got his first intercept, his first career interception. Uh, but I'm loving this guy. He plays in the box, and that allows Eddie Jackson to be center field. Eddie Jackson's got three, uh, got two interceptions already in the season as well. So you know what, Brisker is is, um, despite the fact we didn't didn't get a number one receiver, I and we got him. Well, I love it. I like. I have to. There's no. We can't switch him for now. But I do love what he brings. This this kid is 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 enthusiastic. He's young and he's really he's ready to separate the receiver from him. He's, he's, he's ready to make people reconsider playing the wide receiver position in the NFL. And it's an interesting defense because you've got uh, Brisker, Eddie Jackson, as you mentioned, of course, the dude who is Roquan Smith over mm -hmm. there at Mike. Uh, so there are a lot of big names on the Chicago Bears defense, and it showed up in the passing game more than anything. They're a top 12 unit in pass defense, DBOA, but they're 24th versus the run. Opponents have been able to run the football on the Bears. What is the weakness there? What can the Bears do? Or where can the Cowboys attack Chicago on that sense? That's just it. There's your run game. And I, that's, the, that's the area that I'm really, really, really concerned. 
All right, you got you got Zeke and you got the um, uh, Pollard. So you guys are have a phenomenal one-two punch. Like we have a great one-two punch here with the running backs with David Montgomery and Khalil Herbert. Um, we had, that's been a, our Achilles heel all season is our inability to stop the run, and we'll bend, but we won't we won't break. So it's uh, it's going to see it's going to be two good teams who run the ball, and whoever runs it better, more effectively, is most likely going to win. Um, but I don't know what our defense is going to do because that that uh, Dallas running game is tough. It is tough, and then the, the two, like I said, the two-headed monster that you have, they're, they're, they they complement each other very, very well. And then all of a sudden, now, you know, when you pull it, now play action. You know, now we have to make sure we don't. We, we got to be able to get back, and we're not caught up because you got guys who can who can uh, who can make plays behind it. And you're talking about your wide receiving core, so it's gonna be it's gonna be an interesting interesting matchup. And I, I, that's the biggest part of the game that I'm concerned about is our our run defense against your run offense. And the thing about the Cowboys offense that has surprised me a lot is how physical they look up front. Like Tyler's mood moves people. And I, like you said about Brisker, I wasn't in love with the Tyler's mid draft pick at 24th overall, because everyone was talking about uh, how much it would take for him to transition into the NFL, uh, the technique and all of that. But he, uh, you know, the technique, Maybe comes, uh, maybe it comes later. Maybe it doesn't. But right now he's winning based on pure strength, based on pure explosiveness, and he can move people. Terrence Steel is also just throwing people around at times at right tackle. Uh, is that the weakness specifically for the Bears, the defensive line, or do you think it's the linebackers? Can the Cowboys get the most out of Chicago by just pushing them around in the trenches? That's the, that'll be the biggest issue. Is it, that's, that'll be the biggest way, or the best way for you guys to come at us is just to literally come at us. Uh, we we have smaller linebackers and Roquan Smith and and uh, Nick Morrow. So running, don't run away from them because they'll catch you. They'll chase you down from behind. Um, if you run right at, you know, we're talking they're two hundred and thirty pounds, two thirty five. You know, very a lot lighter than the stereotypical two forty, two fifty, two hundred fifty pound linebackers of of, of yesteryear. So you get a 270, 280, 300-pound lineman on them, they're not, they're not very good at uh, disengaging from a blocker, so shedding blocks. So that could be the, the, what they plan to do. And if, if you do, that might be very effective for the Cowboys because, like I said, our linebackers are, are a little undersized. They're super fast. They'll cover you. They can cover you. They can catch you in the backfield. They can get you a T, T, uh, TFL. They can cover you down the field. But if you run right at them with a fullback, with a, a, a lead blocker, or with a a pulling guard or just a, uh, an offensive lineman in general, that's going to be a big issue for us. Uh, Toxic Tom says, don't worry, Sean. Our offensive coordinator will help defensive your defense out and throw it 50 times. We got you. As you can see, I hope so. <laughs> uh, as you can see, some Cowboys fans are not, not happy at all about the play calling and how things have gone for the for the Cowboys over the last couple of years. Joey Ballas' technique, technique, technique. Uh, six to midnight with a question on the sacks record. Uh, Phil's going to check down to Diggs and Samuel Rose. So some some trash talking as well in the YouTube chat, Sean, as you can see. Uh, that's how we roll here on ADC Sports Dallas Primetime. One question for you. Nine points is the betting spread. This is what the experts, well, the, the sports books and the and the odds makers are projecting for this game. Low scoring affair as well with a 42 and a half points. Uh, where would you lean early in the week? I'm not going to ask you to make an official pick because it's early. It's Tuesday. Uh, I, I I don't get my picks in until Thursday. Uh, but where would you lean right now? Do you think that the Bears are going to keep this one close? Or you, do you think that it's going to be too much? No, they're going to keep it close. 
they'll keep it close. All right, they have they have a run game that is second to none in the NFL, and they have a great they have a really good defense. And again, the confidence that this defense is playing with, the confidence that this offensive line is playing with in the run game, definitely not the pass game, but in the run game, that's gonna be it's gonna be huge. It's gonna put it's gonna put a lot of pressure on this on that front seven, and you may have to make it a front eight if if we start gashing you uh, with the run because if we if we do. Man, it's going to be you know if you can't stop if you can't stop the run, man, you, it, that's game set match, right? There is a uh, you know there's an old saying in coaching like you have to earn the right to rush the passer, which means you have to stop the run first, you know. So if you if if we're if we're able to get off and get get some uh, get some positive yardage with the run game, it's going to help us out a lot. But also it's going to shorten the game. It's going to shorten the game with uh, you know holding the ball with time of possession because I think we had the ball. 37, 38 minutes this uh yesterday. Yeah. And so you get, you know, you got you give someone 20 minutes, <laughs> that's not a lot of time at all in the NFL. So it uh that's that's what they do. This is how the Bears are gonna for this year, right? Because of the 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 financial constraints and the the lack of of draft equity that we had, this is how we got to win. And so this is what they're gonna do. They, they I'm told you they're gonna dance with who brung them. Hey, this sounds like an old school smash mouth football kind of game, and I'm all for it. I want to see it happen. I want to see it on Sunday. I cannot wait. Uh, I will tell you what, though, one uh, a question, you know, uh, beyond the game. Cowboys uh -huh. Nation dreams about Roquan Smith. They dream about trading for the star linebacker. I personally do not think that the Cowboys front office would pull off such a move. I don't think that they will be that aggressive at a position that they seem to be confident in, even though Roquan Smith is an upgrade for anybody in the NFL, pretty much. Uh, do you think he moves, though? Do you think that he will end up elsewhere? No, that's the million-dollar question. All right, that's the million-dollar question. There was a lot of drama for your mama regarding that whole deal because many of you guys don't know Roquan fired his agent, so he's negotiating himself. Yeah. Okay, so which is the worst thing? So in negotiations, you, you use, you know, you use all the the negative things about a particular person. And there's some stuff that I know behind the scenes um, that I know that the Bears were using against him in, in, in negotiations, and he wasn't happy, right? Which is why they were unable to sign a deal and sign an extension before the deadline. So, you know what? I, I hope they can. And Ryan Ryan Poles, our general manager, was upset when Roquan said that uh, he wasn't going to. Uh, you know, he wasn't going to sign that he was going to wait to the end of the year and the contract talks had, had, had stopped. Ryan Poles was upset. He, he, he um, Roquan Smith, Smith said he felt disrespected and by the low offer. And then Ryan Poles that happened on a Tuesday. And then, um, the, the last preseason game, I think was on a Thursday. He came out and said, no, 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 no. He goes, there were some record breaking incentives in there for Roquan. So there's, you know, toxic Tom or toxic Tom toxic tony whichever whoever he wants to be <laughs> um no you're right but that's the whole thing is like when you're negotiating if you're negotiating for yourself they're going to throw that in there and you it's going to be it's very difficult for you not to take it personal right which yeah. is the whole reason why you have agents that's the whole reason but he he fired his representation and he's doing this by himself and he thought it was going to be very similar uh, very similar to um uh goodness who just did that it wasn't kirk, was it kirk cousins um there was another another player who who um fired his representation but nonetheless it, it's it's making things a lot more difficult you know uh, this whole situation so i hope we bring him back all right we have a lot we have about 100 million dollars in cap space next season all right so he can he can definitely get a 
chunk. I don't know if he's going to reset the market like uh, Darius or Shaquille Leonard, whatever yeah. he wants to be called now, uh, did uh, a year or two ago. But I don't know if that's what he wants. You know, maybe he, he comes a little close, maybe a little less than Darius Leonard, Darius Leonard or Shaquille Leonard. I don't know. But trust me, he's going to have a lot of suitors for him. And you guys down in Dallas are going to be one of them. I say that he's going to, uh, man, if you got a guy like Roquan Smith, this dude is shot out of a cannon every single play. So. Um, and that would fit right into what Dan Quinn wants in his defense. Oh, he would love this, it. This Cowboys unit, it flies around. I don't think that I've seen anything like it in recent years. That like they they swarm to the football, like you said. They they like you said of Roquan, they are shot right out of a cannon. But at all levels, like defensive backs, linebackers, the defensive line, and I'm not even talking about tackle for loss plays or you know the sacks and all of that. Just regular plays. The, the, the play ends and there's like six Cowboys around the football already. So that's pretty impressive. Always uh, didn't Lamar fire his agent. This toxic. Tom. I think yeah. it might've been Tom. A to toxic Tom. I think you're, I think you're right. I think that was it. Yeah, that was definitely is. Definitely is for sure. Uh, shout out to Jonathan Taylor here as well in the Facebook chat. Well, we are about to close things up, but before we do that, I'm going to, I'm going to, read an ad but when we get back from the ad sean i need to ask you for at least one anecdote from playing professional football on the other side of the world in italy because man that's that's an amazing story i want to hear more about that before before we get out of here so before we do that though uh let me talk to you about our friends over at freemanmazda.net because the ride of the week is the 2023 mazda cx50 carbon edition make sure you check that out on their website this one starts at $41,730. It's got all-wheel drive feature. Uh, it's got a sunroof, Wi-Fi hotspot, adaptive cruise control, hands-free liftgate, which is a game changer, and a miles per gallon capacity of 23 when you are in the city. That goes up all the way up to 29 when you are in the highway. So make sure you check that one out. And remember that when you choose Freeman Mazda, you're choosing a lifelong partnership with your car dealer. Once more, that is Freeman Mazda. Dot net playing in Italy, Sean. That that has to be uh, something quite different. I've covered Mexican football, uh, Mexican pro football for three years now, and it's a different ball game for sure. Uh, what what is it like in in Italy? Is it like professional, professional? Like, do you guys fill stadiums or not? How is it like over there? So the stadiums, it started to wind. It's when I got there, uh, right out of college, literally right out of college. So I graduated Memorial Day of 93. I was home for a week, didn't have a job. And, okay, this is, I know your generation might not get it, but there was no caller ID, all right, in yeah. 1993, <laughs> all right? So the phone rings. It's a Monday morning. I get a call from one of my high, my old high school coaches asking me if I had graduated. And I said, yeah. He calls me and said, do you want to play football in Italy? I was like, whoa, you talk about one hell of a wake-up call. Sure. So he called me Monday. We went out to lunch. I flew out Tuesday, got there Wednesday, practiced Thursday, played Saturday because their their season is in the spring. So it, it was crazy. I had a, we had a, I had a really good game that day. We, we traveled on the Rome. Uh, I had the most yards rushing uh, against the the, Gla the Gladiatori, was the team from Rome. Um, and so the, the the owner, Lucho, God rest his soul, Lucho Zanetti, he signed me for the next season. Um, it was great, man. It was great. It was if you've read that book. Uh, Playing for pizza, it's it's awesome, you know. So they gave they gave me an apartment, they gave me a car. Um, back then, cell phones weren't really 
you know, big. So you had to make collect calls. So I didn't call home very much. Uh, this is a few grand a month. Um, but it was really, what was really, really weird was because of my game the year before in the playoffs when we lost to Rome, um, I couldn't buy a drink. They wouldn't let me pay for a drink. They wouldn't let me pay, let me pay for a drink. They wouldn't let me. I went out to dinner. Then they comped me. Um, and I felt, I started feeling bad. I was like, wow, dude, like, you know, I'm, I'm used to, you know, you pay what you owe. And, you know, the, I mean, I'm going out to dinner with either just me or me and like a female that I met out there. And, and they're like, oh, don't worry. No, 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 I'm like, so I'd end up giving like half, whatever it was. Of, I don't know how many lira it was. I, I think they might deal with the euro now, but it was lira back then is the, the denomination. And so I ended up giving them basically half of what the bill was. And so the right wait waiters and waitresses they loved me even more because the, 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 the tip that I left. So it was fun. It was uh, a little bit of a language barrier. I speak Spanish, but not fluently. And they're both derived from Latin. So I try and say some things that I figured, okay, it, let me try to use this in Spanish. And they were like, uh, and they would laugh. Like my, my teammates would laugh at me and they're like, no, that's like old Italian. We don't talk like that anymore. And I was like, oh, <laughs> um, but what was really cool is the, is the camaraderie very similar to what I had in high school and has had in college. You know, we were, we would just bust each other's chops all the time. You know, they make fun of me and make fun of that. And they didn't realize how, you know, I'm a little bit edu a little educated. So they, you know, I'd say some stuff back to them about the different types of people in Northern Italy versus people in Southern Italy. And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> they, I took him aback a little bit, but it was great, man. You know, they, they're like, oh, he's a good, he's a good uh, trash talker, just like we are over here. It's just, you know, it just needed some uh, translation with, from the owner's son. But it was, it was fun, man. I really had a blast. Uh, the people out there were unbelievably nice. Uh, there was a family that kind of looked after the, uh, the American when I was there. You know, they cooked for me. And uh, every Sunday, we had Sunday dinner and real homemade Italian meal. Unbelievable. Um, just great. You know what was really real cool was the cestas. All right, siesta in español, pero the cesta, okay. dude. Every twelve to three, twelve to three every day they were shut down. That was un unbelievable. I couldn't imagine that. I'm you know I'm 21, 22 years, uh, twenty about to be twenty two years old, uh, and I'm like, wait a minute. My whole life in the states is like you can't shut down between twelve and three. You can't. <laughs> There's no way. Like you just can't shut yeah. down between. It's the middle of the day. And sure enough, in Italy, they did. They did. There was just just a slower pace of uh, pace of life. Um, they they just everything was so chill over there, man. It was chill, and it was it was one it was one of the best experiences I've had, and I've been fortunate fortunate to have a lot. And most of them have come because of football. So um, Italy was amazing. Got to see the um, uh, well, which was really weird. Because okay, I was twenty two. All right. So I don't know if you've ever been to Europe. Well, all the beaches are topless. So you got a 22-year-old oh. guy. Out of <laughs> <laughs> so you talk about feeling weird. So I'm out there. When I went out there the first year, like literally that uh, that whole that hurricane of a week. So we got to go to the beach on uh, Thursday morning. So I got there Wednesday. We practiced Thursday evening. But, so we went to the beach on Thursday morning. And there was just a beautiful young girl. And I was like, oh, my God, like she just was topless because that's how you are in Italy. No one, they don't it's not as taboo as it is here. And yeah. so the, some of the guys saw me and they saw it's kind of like like a little not uncomfortable, but it just it took me back a little bit. And they're like, all right, let's call her over. So they came. They called her over. So she's standing there. She came over and is talking with us. And I'm just like, you got to be kidding me. Like, are you serious? Like, this is <laughs> and uh, 
yeah, it was it was fun, man. Let me tell you, it was one of the best times of my life. And uh, yeah, it's if you ever get a chance to travel to Europe, definitely, definitely uh, hit Italy. I was up north in Bologna, in uh, where they make uh, Bologna. You ever heard of Bolognese sauce? The meat sauce? Yeah, yeah for sure. That's that's where it was originated. That's crazy. That's crazy. I had to ask about that. Ladies and gentlemen, Sean Sierra. Sean, thank you for joining the show. Thank you for your various insight. I'm sure that the people loved it from what I can see in the chat. Uh, Toxic Tom, Gregory, thank you for joining the show. Six to midnight, all of you. Six, fly, fly, fly to Italy booked, Book. Toxic Tom. Are you telling you, me? man? After it's hearing just... about the siestas, I am going to push for ADC Sports Italy. <laughs> That's a smart move, man. That is yeah. a smart, smart. Hey, Gregory, so when I went back the following year, uh, yes, sir, Bob, I did go to the beach quite a bit. <laughs> I did. I did. <laughs> yeah, that's crazy. That's crazy. Uh, I, I was not expecting the old Italian to be, uh, you know, pulled out on you. <laughs> no, that's old Italian, and you were just talking Spanish. So here's a real funny story before you let you go. So I'm um, I'm in they have these little uh uh it's like a carniceria. I forgot what it's called in, in um in Italian, but so you go is like little deli, so they have all the meats, the cured meats, everything hanging there. And so um I go in there and I and I'm like, Oh, I'm hungry. So like, what do I want? Ham. And I didn't know how to say ham in Italian. So I'm looking, so I'm pointing like uh uh panini they they and I'm pointing. I'm just pointing at the at the slab of meat inside, and he's like, "Prosciutto." I was like, "No, jamon." Uh, he he's like, "Jamon." I was like, "Yeah, a panini de jamon." He's like, "Prosciutto." I was like, "No, jamon." And we go back and forth for like literally two minutes. He said, "No, jamon." He's saying prosciutto. No, jamon. And then <laughs> I was like, "Yeah, this one. Yes, see, si, yeah. see." Si. So he made it for me, and then I go back to the. Uh, I talked to my coach that and I'm like, dude, I'm like, how do you say ham in Spanish? He's like, prosciutto. I'm like, oh, I said, that's what the dude was telling me. I said, I guess he does know Italian. Yeah, <laughs> there you go. There you go. Hey, uh, Toxic Tom says, this was an awesome show. Didn't know football was popular in Italy. This is Toxic Tom. Hey, Toxic, do check out uh, Playing for Pizza. That is a great book by John Grisham. I, I'm mm -hmm. a sucker for John Grisham books. I know that that's super mainstream to say, but I will say it. I don't care. And playing for pizza is one of my favorites for sure. But anyways, ladies and gentlemen, that will do it for tonight's show. Sean Sierra, thank you for joining the show and thank you for doing this. Hey, no problem, guys. If you guys have any fan, any of your any of your people, family members who follow Chicago sports, yeah. make sure you follow Sports Zone Chicago. We're on Facebook, Twitter. I mean, Facebook, YouTube, and Instagram. We're at Sports Zone Chicago. On Twitter, we are at Sportzone Shy. That's C H I. And if you want to follow me, just follow me at the Sean Sierra. That's T H E. And you see my name S H A W N S I E R R A. The Sean Sierra is good for Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, um, uh, Snapchat, and TikTok. I know I'm going to be TikToking, but I got to do it for this. <laughs> For, the, for my comfort, the Sports Zone Chicago. So, yeah. There you go. That's awesome. That's awesome. Thank you, Sean. Thank you, everybody. I will see you tomorrow night, 8 p.m. Central. Nos vemos 